Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by Mr. Dawson Sarvati, sporting the Miami Heat gear today in their quest for the finals, which they got to, and he's got a new Tyler Hero haircut as well. <laughs> Won't make you show the new Tyler Hero haircut. So how are you doing today, Dawson? Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm excited about all this NBA news, and it feels like the draft has been, you know, months away for forever now, so I can't believe it's finally right around the corner. I can't believe that NBA is here. I mean, we're full gear, you know, ahead, all engines pumping here for NBA. It's all NBA going forward now. We've obviously got trades already happening. We had the big, huge trade today. Uh, that moved Mr. Chris Paul over to the Phoenix Suns to run alongside um, Devin Booker and with with Aiton, sort of Lob City again. And uh, it was a, I think it's a great move for the Suns. What do you think about the Suns picking up those guys? Um, I mean, I think they may have overpaid considering Chris Paul's $35, $40 million contract. But the, the point of the trade is that you're getting Devin Booker help and showing him that you're willing to do that. <clears throat> and, you know, they're going to be good. They're going to contend for a playoff spot next year, and uh, it's going to be exciting. They're definitely going to be better. Yeah, and if you haven't heard the, the deal out there to our listeners, it's uh, it was Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, and a 2022 first-round pick for Mr. Paul and Abdel Nader. So, you know, basically uh, took on quite a bit of salary with Paul. Not that, you know, uh, Rubio was cheap, but it it, uh, it satisfies uh, Booker. And Booker is the face of the franchise, obviously. And 8-0 in the bubble. You got Monty Williams, uh, who's an outstanding coach. He worked uh, and coached as an assistant when Chris Paul was with New Orleans back a couple stops ago. So they know each other well. Um, the Phoenix Suns have not made the playoffs for 10 years. <clears throat> so, you know, I'm really happy for them. And then on Oklahoma City side, you know, it's it's a smart move for them. Ubre, I think, is going to be a steady starter for them for a long time. And then you just add to the plethora of first-round picks, which are – just like sort of amazing what they have built up here. So I think it'll work out for both. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, I, I like Ubre. I overvalue him compared to most people. And I think that's a great return to get for a guy that he, you know, didn't really even ask for in the first place. Exactly. And then the other trade that happened yesterday, uh, the Lakers grabbing Dennis Schroeder from the Hawks uh, for very little Danny Green in a draft pick. So, Nice addition for the Lakers, don't you think? I mean, that is a, a cheap price to pay. I really thought that Schroeder's value was a lot higher than that. So, you know, Danny Green really struggled in the playoffs. So the fact that they can, you know, dish him, get rid of his money, and bring in a guy that they, they really need to handle the ball, it's a great pickup. I think so. I think he'll start. I think they will be the starting point guard for them. I really do. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, all right, a couple things. I want to, first of all, thank our presenting sponsor. Uh, it is betus.com.pa. Uh, definitely the place to go uh, for all of your wagering uh, needs or likes. Uh, you can bet all the sports, just about everything they offer there is terrific. 
and we have a wonderful 125% uh, match uh, that is done by BetUS on your first deposit by using the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, C-O-A-C-H-T-A-L-K, no spaces, and uh, they will hook you up. All right, a couple of things. We are. I am just so pumped about the NBA and what's going on and how they fast, you know, charted everything here. Getting the, the season to start December 22nd is just amazing. Um, you know, they, they now uh, announced today that the preseason will be played the 11th through the 18th. So we know we're going to have some DFS slates for that. Uh, you know, we, we know that they're going to play 72 games rather than 82. So that's pretty darn good. Um, and we just have to hope you know, the whole COVID thing stays under control. We get those vaccines out there and and uh, then it's ancient history because they'll their playoffs are going to run until uh, into June. And then July is the beginning of the Olympics. So hopefully our fellows can make it to that as well. So all is all of that is ahead. Uh, we're going to cover, you know, wire to wire here on on Coach Talk Uh We'll be back as soon as uh, they get back in there playing preseason games with seven-day-a-week podcasts. And we're going to continue to report all the player moves, uh, everything that goes on with the draft. Austin and I are going to go through uh, the mock draft right now for the the NBA draft, which is this Wednesday. Um, And we're using NBA draft room for this purpose uh, to give us an idea of where they believe these players are going to go, and then we'll make a few comments. We'll give you a, fl- a few flyers from that they're predicting in the second round. And then we'll be back on Friday to wrap it up, talk about any other trades that have happened this week, and sort of see how this is going to affect these teams uh, once the draft is finalized uh, as far as DFS-wise. How, you know, what, what rotations are going to be changed Who's going to come in and you know contribute right away? Who's going to go to the G League and, and be a, a stash guy? You know we'll go through all of that as well because you know we preach it all the time here. We have a process. Uh, we feel we're the best in the industry, especially in the NBA. We have phenomenal pros. Uh, our man uh, Shane Caldwell and of course the great Mr. Andrew Hansen as our NFL pros. Uh, we attack Major League Baseball and PGA as well. But, you know, we are going to be detail-oriented with everything we go over in the NBA, uh, player by player, coach by coach, and give you the best edge that you could possibly have in the in- industry. All right, let's get this started. Uh, we're going to go over 30 players. We're going to do this fairly quickly just to give you a feel for the guys, get you a little ready for Wednesday, try to be a minute, minute and a half on each guy. So we keep this, you know, under control with the amount of time. So let's start right off uh, with the first pick in the draft this year is the Timberwolves. And uh, right here, uh, again, the NBA draft room, they have LaMelo Ball and the big name there going to uh, the T-Wolves. He is a 6'7", 190-pound wing that can play point. And a lot of people are projecting him. Uh, as a point guard, uh, the comp that they have listed here is white chocolate, old Jason Williams, with all the crazy one-handed passes and, uh, and you know, trick, trick passes, etc. But 
Uh, LaMelo does handle it out there like a yo-yo. And the, the big question I have for you, Doss, and I'll let you make a comment on him, is my concern is his shooting. I mean, he played against much lesser competition overseas, and he only shot 25% from three. So, you know, is that going to be a problem? Because NBA players will back off of him and, you know, create a, a tougher situation to remove those passing lanes and everything else. So what do you think? I mean, he's he's like his brother in that way. He's got an odd-looking shot. Uh, I wouldn't underrate the competition he played against there in Australia. They're one of the better leagues that we have in the world. And, um, I mean, he'll come out and he'll go 1 of 12 one night, and then he'll come out the next night and go 5 of 6 from 3. He's going to be inconsistent for a while, but I, all he has to do is be average. No one's asking him to be a an elite three-point shooter. And the reports that I've seen recently is that scouts are impressed with his shot and how it's come along, uh, you know, pre-draft workouts. What about playing alongside D'Angelo Russell? Is that going to work? Uh, I expect them to, to maybe trade this pick because it doesn't make the most sense. I mean, he's a guy that is going to have to learn to play off the ball in his career for sure if he wants to ever achieve anything but i'd expect them to trade this pick honestly Lamelo, james wiseman and anthony edwards look like you know the first three picks in the draft and, and none of those guys really fit with the timberwolves too well so i don't know how that will work it'll be interesting all right why don't you take us to the projected pick number two yeah for so for number two they have the warriors taking james wiseman and i think for sure that the warriors will trade this pick i think we all expect that but if they do settle and just take Wiseman to be their center for their future, um, you know, he's a guy that really has a high floor. He's not going to be a bad player. He's going to be a solid rim runner. You know, he's got, you know, Clint uh, Capella type comparisons. He's going to go basket to basket and block shots and just crazy length. But I mean, what do you think about the Warriors with this pick and where they're going to what they're going to do with it? You know, I, I don't think it would be a mistake for them to take James Wiseman, to be honest with you, uh, just because of his potential. But I just don't see it happening. I think they're going to move the pick. Uh, there are a lot of teams rumored to be after this big time, including the Spurs I just heard before we came on air here uh, that are trying to move up to get this pick. You know, Golden State is in a win-now mode. I mean, they've got their stars. They're not getting any younger. Uh, I, I just doubt that they'll take this pick. And I'll tell you, this guy could end up being a freak. I mean, he's 7'1", 7'5", uh, wingspan. And, you know, the guy's going to block shots. He runs the floor. He can handle the ball. I mean, I'm really impressed with him. I think he's got potential uh, he, really to be a terrific player. It's funny because the comp that they have in here. I don't agree with it, but they have David Robinson as a comp, which is silly, but it's just ironic that the Spurs are chasing after this pick, uh, you know, in, in, you know, with that being listed. So that's going to be very, you know, going to be a big pivotal move in this whole draft. Uh, I love the upside of this guy for sure. All right, let's jump to number three. Uh, the Hornets are uh, projected to take Anthony Edwards again. These top three have sort of separated themselves from everybody else. I know, you know, we talked about it before. You're not the biggest fan. I think Anthony Edwards is a stud. Um, you know, they they make a, a so they say here he's a little bit bigger version of Victor Oladipo. I don't think it's that far off. I mean, 
The guy is a good 6'5", 235. He's built salt. He's ready to play right this minute. And I'll tell you what, the Hornets could really use him. He would be my pick for Rookie of the Year if he goes to the Hornets in this spot. And I do think that's where he's going to go because I think he immediately starts alongside uh, their their little point guard. Um, uh, Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham. I think those two make <clears throat> a real solid backcourt. And I really hope this kid gets picked uh, by the Hornets. You know, he he scares me. To me, he screams like Andrew Wiggins 2.0. In the uh, you know, just based off his work ethic and you know his maturity level, and I mean, if he doesn't develop his shot and if he doesn't, because he still has to improve to be a good player, he has to improve oh, a lot. Sure. He's not going to yeah. come in and be great right away, so he has to show that he can. But I mean, his potential is through the roof just based on his body and his athleticism and his ability to handle the ball. Even it's going to be interesting. It can't hurt that he's going to be being able to play for um, Michael Jordan. Be a nice couple yeah. of tips to give them. All right, we'll who do see. we have number four? So at four we have the Chicago Bulls taking Denny Avdia, the uh, six foot eight small forward from Israel. And yeah. originally he was projected, you know, to even possibly be the the second pick. Uh, I think it's more likely he'll fall to around seventh before he goes second. I mean, he looks like he's not white people are questioning his defensive ability to guard other small forwards and people are starting to see him more of a as a like a Gallinari versus someone that could handle the ball and on the perimeter so I mean I like him he'll he'll be decent he's a good playmaker he just needs to be able to work on that lateral quickness to defend other threes I know you know the the scouts you know talking about all the guys coming over he's definitely the highest regarded from from all of them uh you know we i we had seen an interview the other day with uh, Coach Blatt, who's you know back over there. He's sort of the specialist with the international guys, and he thinks this kid is going to be a stud. So very interesting pick. Uh, not sure if he'd fit in immediately with the Bulls, but uh, <clears throat> it, it would be very interesting uh, to see. So, uh, all right, let's jump to number five, the Cleveland Cavs. Uh, we did hear some rumors today they may be moving Kevin Love, uh, that's starting to get some uh, momentum that he may be heading out to L.A. Uh, you know, he played out at UCLA, and that's his stomping ground. So uh, that could definitely happen. Shout out to uh, uh, our member, uh, Slim to Goat 78 He is the man. He breaks all the news for us on our Discord, and he, you know, he's the one talking up uh, this Love move. But, you know, the Cavs are needing a big guy. This would be a good fit for them to, to take this kid, uh, Onyeka Okongwu. Is that right? That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Double O here, Cavs. <laughs> he should wear double zero with the, that name, with an O-O. <laughs> but he's the six. He's only 6'9", but he plays, like, he, enormous. And he's extremely, uh, uh, you know, just... A lot of agility, fantastic defender. A lot of people are saying he's, you know, somewhat like a Bam Adebayo. Uh, you know, he's super impressive. I, I think that uh, he has a huge upside. What do you think? I like uh, I like him better than James Wiseman. I, I really do. I think he'll wow. be. Yeah, I think he'll go have a better career. He's 
he's got the the body of a power forward, but he plays the center the way that Bam does, and he's able to guard the pick and roll guard on the uh, on the switch. He's able to use that versatility. He'll have to improve as a playmaker if he really wants to fill that Bam comparison. But I mean, I think he's got tremendous upside and tremendous defensive potential. He does, but I don't. I don't know though, man. If you've seen Wiseman's agility, he does not move like a seven-one guy. He's he's going to be able to guard the pick and roll, pick and pop. He's you know I I think Wiseman and uh, Okongwu are both <laughs> uh, you know centers for the future in this league. I think they're both going to be starting centers and certainly the two best bigs uh, by a mile. I agree. Yeah. And then with this next pick, uh, number six to the Hawks, we have Obi Toppin. And Obi Toppin's a guy that, you know, he's older. I think he's 22. And he's going to come in and he'll be probably more ready than anyone else in this draft. I think he could easily win Rookie of the Year. The dude is can score. You know, he gets to the rim. He reminds me of like a uh, Amari Stoudemire mixed with uh, some sort of like Marcus Morris, how he's able to hit that perimeter shot. And uh, I really like him. I think he'll be good. You know, defensively, there are big problems there. And on the Hawks, I was going to ask you about this. They already are struggling on defense. Do you think it's likely they take someone like Obi Toppin? You know, I mean, this guy was the college NCAA player of the year. I mean, you know, he was phenomenal. He's 6'9 and and can play, you know, like a small forward spot, really, if he needs to. Uh, sort of a little bit like John Collins. That's the only concern I have is I don't know if that's the perfect fit. So, you know, I'm not sure they go there, but, you know, I think whoever gets them is going to get an NBA-ready player. I just think the big problem is defensively he's he's got a bad rep for just not playing strong defense. So if they can get him stepping it up a little, uh, that's going to make a big difference. But, you know, they do get Clint Capella back this year, so that's going to change the whole defensive scheme for the Hawks. That takes a little pressure off, you know, guys, you know, not defending as well on the perimeter when uh, old Clinton is back there looking to block a shot. So it should be interesting for sure. All right, you ready for number seven? Here's a guy that uh, sort of been hot moving up the board right now. And uh, they have the Pistons taking Patrick Williams, the 6'8 power forward from Florida State, big wingspan, you know, seems like a really solid potential player. Uh, He can hit the jumper. He's got a lot of physical tools. Um, Not sure, you know, he'll be an immediate impact player, but the Pistons are in a rebuild mode. And when you can get athletic guys like this that can play, you know, can't hurt. Yeah, he's someone that's is strong and really solid. And if there's a guy that, you know, goes to the G League, I would expect it to be him. Uh, if the Pistons take him here, I won't expect him to get much playing time at all his first year. And, I, you know, I don't know if he'll go to the Pistons just positionally. I think they could use someone with more immediate star potential. But he will, I think, be a good piece for a team. He reminds me a little bit of a, a P.J. Tucker, but just bigger and stronger, if that makes sense. Yeah, a lot bigger. He's he's about four mm-hmm. or five inches taller than Tucker, but you're right. Yeah, oh, I, well, I mean, Tucker great. plays like he's seven foot though. Yeah, that poor dude. I'm so happy they just they'll probably get some kind of center so the guy can go back to not having to kill himself every <laughs> night guarding seven footers. Yeah. But we'll see how that goes. And uh, then, all uh, right, 
You ready? Yeah, if you're ready to move on, we've got uh, Tyrese Halberton to the Knicks at number eight. And if Halberton, uh, if he falls to the Knicks here, they would have a field day with that. I mean, I'm, I expect the Knicks to even trade up to get somebody like this, but he's really the X factor of this draft. He could be the best player in the draft, potentially. You know, there's not much to say. He's just a, a big guard, 6'5". He's really solid. He can do it all. He can step off the, you know, come off a screen and hit a three. He can play with other guards and defend, you know, shooting guards. And I think he's just a good, solid, all-around point guard. I think it's a fantastic pick for them. I mean, they're super lucky that the majority of teams of picking above them don't need a point guard at all. And this dude is a is a true NBA ready point guard. Six five, he can play both ends. Uh, really think he'd be a great ad for the Knicks. And with all the problems that they've had, you know, I really hope uh, that that he goes there. I think that'd be a great great selection for them. Um, and I think that one happens unless somebody trades up and wants to grab them. All right, the Wizards, number nine, uh, a small forward from Ob- Auburn, Isaac Okoro. He's 6'9", like uh, wingspan, 6'9", freshman, young, very, very young, sort of a Justice Winslow kind of body. Even though he's young, he's, he's strong. He's got some muscle. He can pass the ball. He's a very committed defender, Uh, you know, really would fit in nice with, you know, that Wizards team that's growing, you know, and they're trying to become a playoff team now so they don't, you know, lose their stud player in Bradley Beal. So, you know, I think this would be a great spot for him, and I think he's a guy that could come off the bench and uh, give them some help year one. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people see him as the best perimeter defender, period, in this draft. So if he can come do that for the Wizards, he's already helping that team a lot. But I think, you know, he is scary. There's, you know, ideas that he might end up like a Stanley Johnson or like a Michael Kidd Gilchrist. But I think he'll develop better than that. I think he can get to the point where like a a Jalen Brown, you know, of the Celtics hit the shot, defend the two, three, four. I really like this guy. And the Wizards were dead last in the league in defense last year. So this this kind of pick makes perfect sense. They really need to add a defensive force. And like I say, even though, you know, he's like 19 years old, he's he's built. He's pretty cut. So I think he'd be a great pick for them. Mm-hmm. And then at number 10, we have uh, Killian Hayes from France, a six foot five point guard. And they have him going to the Suns. And something to note here is that the the Suns, this uh, mock draft was made after the Suns made the Chris Paul trade. And I think that says a lot about Killian Hayes is that they expect him to come uh, come in and be a backup at first and maybe develop into a starter. I mean, uh, he's not, I don't think he's quite ready yet compared to some of these other guys. And I, But he's big and he's 6'5 and he can hit the shot and play a little bit of defense. So we'll see what he develops into. Yeah, and I know he's from France, and that's why the comparisons came up. But they said, you know, the, the, he's got a lot of similarities to Tony Parker, you know, and, and that type of a player uh, that could really get to the rim and finish uh, and be a good player. And could you imagine playing one or two years backing up Chris Paul, and then he just hands, you know, hands the reins? I think that would be a, a real logical play uh, for them and a, a, a good good guy to pick. I mean, I saw some footage on him that he could shoot. And, uh, you know, he's he can play the one-two guard. 
And I'll tell you, it, it would make more sense than anything. I mean, if, if you remember the Phoenix Suns just trying to roster guys that play point for them in DFS last year was a nightmare. You didn't know night from night, you know, before the, the pandemic hit, if it was going to be the guy they called up from the G League or they were going to Booker was going to get stuck playing point again. You know, there were just a lot of times when Rubio was hurt, which he was a lot that they just had nobody, you know, to fill that spot. So, you know, with bringing in uh, a, a guy like Chris Paul, a Hall of Famer, and letting a, a guy like Killian Hayes play behind him, I think it would be a great pick. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think they signed Jimmer for debt for a couple games there, even the, the Suns. There were so many guys, it was somebody different all the time. It was like, you know, and you ended up having to roster him because he was minimum priced. <laughs> starting a point guard in DFS and, you know, everybody goes bonkers when you can get a min price guy that's going to play 25, 30 minutes. So we don't have to worry about that anymore. That's for sure. All right. Number 11, uh, the Spurs, Devin Vassell, but I think the Spurs may trade up uh, from everything I read today, but we will see. He's a shooting guard, six, six out of Florida state. Florida state has three guys that projected high in this draft. Um, as well, um, you know, he's well liked. A lot of scouts are really high on him. Uh, they, you know, he's a natural shooter with some good size that can play both ends. And uh, Florida State runs a pretty strong program. I think he'd be a good add. Again, you know, once we start getting below this level, there's a lot of guys that are, I think, you know, and I know we're all still only number 11. But you're going to get some guys that are going to play backup roles or even start the year in the G League, and this guy may be one of those players. Yeah, I mean, I really like him. I, I don't think he has star potential, but I think he's uh, he's not going to hurt you. He's one of those guys that he might have you know, a terrible fantasy reputation. He might not do much, but he's going to play defense, and he's going to hit the open three, and he's still going to be a positive player regardless of what his uh, stat book looks like. We will see. And then uh, here at number 12, we have Sadiq Bey to the Kings, small forward. Uh, coming out of Villanova, he's six foot eight and he's really strong. I, I, he's got a, a really good uh, offensive game already. He really hits the three, but his build shows you know great defensive potential. This is a guy I expected to go higher, um, but six foot 11 wingspan as well. I mean, that, that shows you he's got great defensive potential. He's a, he's a guy that he'll come in and I think he's ready to play now. What do you think about him? I love him. I think he's a sleeper here. I, he's one of the top three or four shooters in this draft. This guy can shoot the three. He's got range. He's got size. He's going to have to work on the defensive end a little bit. But I think he's a great sleeper. And if the Kings don't re-sign uh, Mr. Bogdanovich, uh, you know, he's asking for a King's ransom, no pun intended. I didn't even mean that. But... He literally is, and if they don't sign him, then this is the kind of guy that would be a good replacement. Now, the rumor is, you mentioned it to me today, Buddy Hill wants out. He wants traded. And, you know, if that if, if they're going to trade Buddy Hill, then they have to sign Bogdanovich, and I think that might uh, affect this pick a little bit. So, you know, uh, the one thing about the excitement of the NBA coming back, we've never been in this type of situation where everything is crammed in to such a short amount of time. You know, I mean, we've got all the trades that are going to happen this week and the draft, and then we got the free agent movement, 
and boom, we're, we're reporting December 1st. You know, December 1st is only two weeks away. So all of this has to happen pretty darn quick. So, you know, this is going to be one of those picks that I think is going to be dependent on what happens, uh, you know, in the free agent signing piece too. Absolutely. And they'll, they'll have an idea. Uh, yeah, this is the spot around number 12 where anything can happen. We can see a plethora of guys go number 12. And it gets really unpredictable around here. But I think, you know, his potential is about a 12th pick. It makes sense for him. I agree. All right, the Pelicans, this this has the real super quick point guard from Alabama. The, uh, he played uh, two seasons there. He was recruit, recruited initially uh, by Avery Johnson and then played and you know, was very successful this year. And that's uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. He's super quick, small though, 6'3, uh, 165. Um, you know, is he a kind of guy that can light up the floor? You know, not too hard when you're passing it to Ingram and Zion and stuff. So, you know, a lot of comparisons to Darren Collison. Uh, even one Scott had him uh, compared to Avery Bradley because he is a really good on the ball defender. He's not that big, but he is in your chops. So, uh, you know, could be a solid pick for the Pelicans, uh, but not sure. What do you think? I mean, there's not a lot to say here. He is the fastest player in the draft and uh, he's climbed up the draft board and he hasn't stopped, you know, 13, I think, might make sense for him at this point. He could play alongside Zion for sure. You know, him and Zion in transition would be amazing together. And he's going to get the ball up the court quick and set the tempo. And he, he just makes sense uh, for a lot of teams at point guard. And I'll tell you, it, this really rings the alarm too, that that they're thinking about taking this guy of the fact that there's no doubt they're going to trade Drew Holiday. Because they've already said they want to hand the ball to Lonzo Ball to run the organization from the point. And if they're even looking at this guy as the backup to Lonzo, I got to think Drew Holiday is, is on his way somewhere. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get traded. It, it seems like they're dedicated to find him a new home for sure. Yeah. But I'll tell you, great guy to pick up, man. I'd love yeah. him. The and then uh, at number 14 here, we have a uh, precious Achua to the, the Celtics at number uh, 14 and this is a guy that's he's big and he's athletic and he's got long limbs and he just has too much upside to he he won't slip much further than 14 i don't think he makes sense for the celtics he he reminds me a a little bit of brandon clark offensively but defensively he's athletic enough to guard multiple positions and you know he, he'll get a hand on everything he'll be one of those guys that it just grabs all sorts of rebounds I feel really confident that the Celtics are going to take him here. I, they, they are really impressed with him. They worked him out. They love him. I think they're trying to just stay quiet on it because six, eight, three quarters listed here. But I'll tell you what, this, this dude is the real ticket. I think he can play. Um, you know, there, the situation at Memphis uh, that happened, you know, he played for Penny at, at Memphis uh, this past year. But, you know, when James Wiseman had to leave the team because of that whole controversy, uh, you know, Precious really stepped up and led that team and was terrific. So uh, I think that that'd be a real nice pick for them and a guy they can develop because, you know, they have they're going to have to make some decisions at center. Are they going to go out and get a, a real center or are they going to count on these young guys? You know, they have 
couple of young guys coming back as well. But, you know, we'll see. I think I don't think you could go wrong with him at that at that point. Um, all right. To complete the first half of the first round, uh, here's a guy I really think is would be a, a nice, nice pick. Uh, Orlando Magic, they have him taking R.J. Hampton. He's a guy that played uh, overseas as well. Uh, and, it, you know, there was a question about, you know, how good is he? How well can he play? You know, he didn't really play anybody over in that league, et cetera, et cetera. But I have seen some highlights and some uh, reports from scouts for the teams he's working out for. And this kid is, is good. I think he's, he's my, my second sleeper guy that I think uh, in this draft that could be dangerous. I mean, this has a comp to Jamal Murray, but let's go. You know, he's got a long ways to go to that. But he's that type of physical body. He's like the same size and weight. He can handle it. He can shoot it. Um, and phenomenal athleticism. I mean, yeah, I, I he's got very high upside and he could be end up being one of the better point guards in this draft. And he was originally around a top five pick, but he had an awful year overseas last year and he just he didn't get the job done. And his shot is questionable. His you know ability to handle the ball and be a leader is questionable. And I think 15 might be a little too high for him. I think someone like Cole Anthony or Tyrese Maxey would be a better pick here at 15. But his upside, he'll land somewhere, you know, probably in the 20s or maybe in the teens. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, his upside's there. I, I don't take as much stock into, you know, you take an 18-year-old guy, send him overseas like that and playing with, you know, 30-year-old guys in that league and, you know, that have been around, you know, they just it, it's just not the best fit and some guys, you know, can't adjust to that. So I think it was just a bad situation. It's a shame he didn't get a, a year of college in where, you know, we could have seen a little bit more. Although with COVID, we didn't see a tournament or anything anyway. So, you yeah. know, who the heck knows. But a couple of things here at the halfway point, because we want to keep motoring through. We'll probably pick up the pace a little bit on these guys because it's a little bit more obscure here. There's a lot of guys in these last 15. Uh, I think there were five or six when we went over prior that we think may slip to the second. And when we close, we'll mention those uh, guys that that this uh, projection has in the second that we think may move up. couple things, though. Join us at DFS Coach Talk. This is the perfect time to get a membership. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com. We're going to be announcing a new plan that this is the first time that we're, we're, we're mentioning it. It's going to be an NBA all-access plan, and uh, we're going to be announcing all of that information in these upcoming podcasts this week. Uh, and we'll be putting it out there on our Twitter uh, and letting everybody know. I think it's going to be a, a plan that is exciting for everybody because it takes you through everything uh, NBA from beginning to end. So definitely something to look at. Check us out on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Andrew is at Language Olympic, and uh, our man Sugar Shane is at DET Sports Shane. And what's your Twitter handle, Dawson? Uh, Dawson Sarvati, just my name. Just your name, Dawson Sarvati. All right. YouTube or DFS Coach Talk, as you know, if you're watching this right now on YouTube, this is our one ask for the whole podcast. Please hit the subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up. 
click the little alarm. That little button will let you know and give you an alert every time we post a new podcast. So please do that. Uh, and if you're listening to all of our audio podcast sites, we're everywhere they can be heard. Apple Podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, iHeart, Stitcher, we're everywhere. Take a second on those. Please give us a, a thumbs up, five stars, a quick comment. All that helps us move up in these algorithms so that we can get some more views and some more people listening uh, to what we are giving out at Coach Talk. Uh, also, I don't know if I mentioned Instagram, DFS underscore Coach Talk. Uh, you want to catch us there. And then uh, real quickly here, and, and we'll get ready for this second 15, uh, quick message from the golden voice himself, Mr. BetUS.com.pa. One sec, here you go. Wake up, sports bettors. Sports are in high gear at BetUS.com, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line at BetUS. Earn bragging rights over your friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry, BetUS. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, but more importantly, you need a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, basketball, MMA, golf, horse racing, and even esports. No other sportsbook welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw-dropping sign-up bonuses. Sign up now with promo code COACHTALK for 125% sign-up bonus up to two grand. The best in the biz. Now you have the best book in the business with the best DFS provider in the business, Coach Talk. Create your account to make point spread bets, futures bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sports book is as committed to their members as BetUS. Sign up now and get in on the winning side of the ball. All right, definitely jump on BetUS and uh, catch all the action. They'll they'll have everything going. They already have future bets up for the NBA, so good stuff. All right, number 16, we're going to pick up the pace, Dawson. Let's do it. Yeah, okay, number 16, uh, they have the Portland Trailblazers taking Aaron Naismith. And uh, Aaron Naismith looks like he's going to be the best shooter to come out of this draft. Uh, he reminds me of a little bit bigger uh, Buddy Heald offensively. I think he's going to have trouble, you know, being a little undersized because he's a bit of a tweener. But, I mean, he's got great potential. I've, I've seen him go as high as number, you know, eight. So what do you think about him? I like him. 6'6", uh, six, six, smooth. I think, you know, he's he's ready to play the game. You know, he averaged 23 <clears throat> points, five rebounds, and shot a ridiculous 52% from three at Vanderbilt last year. And trust me, Vanderbilt wasn't loaded. They were not that good. And he got a lot of defensive attention. Uh, I think it's, it's a great pick. I don't know if the Blazers are the right spot, though, because they have some youngs at that spot. But, you know, if he gets picked by the right team, uh, you know, I think he's got a terrific opportunity in the future. Plus, his great-great-grandfather invented basketball, James Winston. <laughs> I, had to, I had to tell that joke because it's a dad joke, and my son's on with me. So hopefully somebody out there, our older members and listeners, will get a kick out of it. But anyway, Aaron Naismith, don't sell him short. He's going to be good. All right, Timberwolves, number 17, Jalen Smith. Uh, comparison to him to P.J. Brown. Maryland guy, 6'10 and a quarter. Uh, he's a modern big, sort of a you know, positionless. He can go in different spots. 
uh, skilled, you know, can block shots. Uh, a really interesting guy that's flown under the radar. And, you know, if the T-Wolves can add him to, you know, the first pick, if they do take LaMelo or Wiseman or whomever they end up with, uh, man, that'd be a nice two young guys to get in the mix. Unless he's this is going to be part of a, a big trade uh, when they move that number one pick. But got to love that the T-Wolves have a first and a 17th. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about him. He'll he'll come in, and he could be one of those guys that blocks a shot a game and hits a three a game. And uh, that's really all you expect out of him, nothing more. All right, you get to go over our favorite team, man. Okay, yeah, here at number 18, they have the Mavericks taking Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky. And they have him listed as a point guard. He really is more of a, a two-guard, uh, offensively at least, but he's just very undersized at 6'3". But he's a guy that originally, I mean, we've seen time and time again these Kentucky guys be very underrated. So I think he could come in and be one of the better point guards in this uh, in this draft. I mean, he's athletic. He gets to the rim, and he, he kind of plays like Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I I mean, it's 6'3". I mean, if this dude was 6'6 six, six or 6'7, six, he'd be the first pick. I mean, he is, an, he is a competitor, and he's a great defender uh, away from the basket. So... You know, the question will be, can you get away with playing a guy that small at the two? We'll see. It's possible. I mean, you know, he's got the, the chops to do it, and he is a scorer and a finisher. I think uh, – I don't think – I don't see him for the Mavs, though. I really don't. I mean, I wouldn't mind it, but I just don't think that he's he's a logical pick for them. But we'll see. All right. Uh, the 19th pick, the Nets. Isaiah Stewart from Washington. He's a big, bulky dude, six eight and a half, huge wingspan though, seven five wingspan. He's just a, a big dude. You know, again, he's uh, the question is, you know, it's, is he good enough to play at this level? Great work ethic, hustle, leadership, terrific character guy. But you know, if he was a seven footer, he'd be in in good shape. But six eight and a half. You know, the, the stretch helps. The fact that a lot of teams don't even really play a five anymore and play a four slash five, uh, he may fit into that role. Uh, you know, I think he'll probably push Durant and those guys off the court because he's better than them uh, for the Nets if they take him. <laughs> no, but, you know, I think he's definitely the kind of guy that would really uh, use a year in the G League and then could be a competitor uh, in the in the league. So that's yeah, I completely agree. He'll he'll have to develop a little bit. You know, crazy long wingspan. He just he needs to develop more guard skills. Whether it's a a better three point shot or you know more being more of a playmaker. But there's really not much to say about him other than he's got a crazy athletic body. And then at number twenty, they have the Heat taking Cole Anthony from UNC. He's a point guard. He's six foot three and. Uh, really, the, the 20th pick is very low for him. I think he'd be great on the Heat. He's just a dog. He comes out and he can he controls the tempo of the game. Uh, I mean, he gets buckets just straight up. He's a can hit the three point shot, can get to the rim. But uh, you know, I don't know if he'll be great right away. He's one of those guys that will have to develop. You know, being stronger at the rim and things of that nature. What do you think about him? You know, I like him. I, I can see him as a career backup point guard kind of guy. I, I think he'll be, you know, could be a great contributor off the bench as he gets better. 
But with his size and a few restrictions, uh, you know, he turns the ball over quite a bit. He did at North Carolina. So I'm just a little concerned. He is a dog, though, and he goes after it. And I know a lot of teams are very interested in him. Uh, if he gets in the right system, the Heat would be that kind of system that he could probably thrive in. But, you know, uh, I don't know. I think there's some better players uh, that, that still have yet to be picked personally. Um, next pick's 21. There's a guy that's intriguing uh, for sure. Uh, and this is definitely a guy that can stroke it. And that's uh, Tyrell Terry from Stanford. Another 6'3 guy. He's only 170 in weight. Uh, doesn't have a, a huge wingspan. He's a smaller dude, but this guy can really, really shoot the ball. And, you know, I think he could be a guy that could play that role, either as somebody off the bench to drain some threes, uh, you know, and play a nice role. Sixers could use that, you know. He's uh, a, more of a poor man's uh, type of Reddick kind of guy that's going to drain shots. Uh, and get open and get the ball up, but he can score. Yeah, I mean, it seems like every year we have guys like Trey Young or Steph Curry in the draft or that are compared to those two guys, and the questions are always the same. Are they going to be strong enough, quick enough, good enough defenders? And it's all the same stuff with him, really. I mean, we've seen him shoot up the draft boards, and that's because he grew two inches. I don't know if you knew this. And he also uh, gained a lot of weight, apparently. So I'm not sure if 170 is entirely accurate, but... He's a guy that will continue to keep, you know, progressing physically, but the guard skills are there. I mean, he can shoot it from the logo. He's got like, a beautiful The shot. best of them, yeah. yeah. And then next here we have uh, Desmond Bain from the Nuggets, uh, or to the Nuggets, at number 20, uh, 22 from TCU. And he's a guy that's also gone up the draft boards a lot recently. He's he's a bigger guard. He uh, They have him compared to Gary Trent Jr. And, you know, I think that's a decent a decent comparison yeah, yeah he'll come off uh screens and hit the three and he'll be uh he'll be a guard that can control the ball and also play off the ball i i think this might be the guy the maps take to be honest with you i mean he's he'd be a great guy off the bench he can space the floor he's a deadly three-point shooter i mean i've seen him play multiple games at tcu here locally uh and this kid this kid can score he's a flat-out scorer i don't see him as like uh, you know, a starting player even in the next couple of years. But if he plays that role like a Gary Trent does, you know, does with the Blazers, very, very similar type scenario, I think he could be very valuable uh, for somebody off the bench. All right, the Jazz next. Robert Woodward II from Mississippi State. Here's a guy that's, you know, quiet, very quietly uh, gotten a lot of respect in some of these uh, workouts. He's six seven. Um, big wingspan, a 7'2", uh, again, you know, a, a younger guy, uh, athletic, a lot of tools, you know, he can hit the open three, so, I mean, he can do that. This comp has him uh, similar to, like, a Tobias Harris because he's similar in build and body. Uh, you know, again, one of those guys you just don't know. Is this going to be a guy that needs to spend a, league in, uh, a year in the G League? Uh, or is he is you know going to be somebody that could come in and help? But he certainly has the physical physicality uh, to play in the league. Yeah, I think the Tobias Harris comparison is great. I mean, he's big, he's a little bit slower, and he can't do much off the dribble. But he he's efficient, and he'll come in and he'll hit shots, and he can be that that third guy for a team. I think potentially, and but, he can defend. Yeah, decent defender. 
Uh, okay, here at uh, number 24 to the Bucks, we have Elijah Hughes coming out of Syracuse. Uh, he's six foot six, and he's trended up recently. I haven't heard a lot about this guy, but he can just flat out score the ball at all three levels. He can get to the rim, hit the three, you know, one dribble pull up type game. And that's really what he's being advertised as someone that can come in the game and just, you know, score the ball for you. What do you think about him? I agree. I, I mean, he's, you know, he's going to, he can score, uh, you know, defensively, we need to see what he can do. You know, Syracuse, you never always know how they're going to defend because they're always playing that, you know, amoeba zone and there's, they're not playing as much man uh, and you don't get to see really as much matchup. And then the year was cut short, but this guy did, you know, he did play uh, three seasons at uh, Syracuse, I believe. So, you know, he's, uh, he's a little older than most of the guys. Uh, You know, I, I don't know. I mean, he's not really the pick, that I would make there, but, uh, you know, certainly has some ability. Guys coming out of Syracuse can always score the ball. That's for sure. All right. Number 25, uh, the, how did I end up with this guy? Cause I hate <laughs> pronouncing his name, the thunder, uh, the big fella out of Arizona. And, and I listened to, uh, you know, meet the, uh, the up and coming stars. He was on NBA TV, uh, with an interview and that's Zeke Najee. And he's, he's 6'10 and a half out of Arizona. He's 18 years old. Um, incredible mo- mobility and scoring touch for a big guy. Um, you know, the, the question is, uh, how is the guy, you know, how long is it going to take him to develop? For the Thunder, it would be a phenomenal pick, I think, because he does have blow by ability for six, 10, six, 11 guy and a long wingspan. One of those freaky, like Kevin Durant looking kind of bodies. Uh, but you know, with, I think he's good. I think he can play, uh, and he shoots the ball well. So he, he's really a prototypical, you know, guy for the league right now that likes to play facing the basket rather than on the block at, you know, six eleven. and who knows what he's going to be. When you're 18 years old, I mean, this guy could be special. Yeah, he's one of those guys we'll have to wait and see what he develops into before we can really fully know what his game is. We don't, we were just not sure yet, but we know that he's got a big athletic body and he can guard multiple multiple positions and that he'll be great switching the pick and roll and he's a, he's a modern-day power forward. And uh, that's really the extent of really what we can know for sure. Uh and then here at 26, they have the Celtics taking, I'll try this name, Alexi Pokachevsky. Is that Pokachevsky. Right? Yep, they call him Poku. Poku, yeah. He's and, also uh, to be a mass pick. Yeah, they have him going 26. That, to me, isn't accurate at all. I think if he goes to 26, you take him without any hesitation. And that's because he's got the highest potential, you know, or highest ceiling, lowest floor probably in this draft. He's the youngest player in the draft, and he he's seven foot, but he plays like a small forward shooting guard. So we don't know. He's playing guys like me and you, like at the rec uh, <laughs> in that league that he's in. It's it's not good competition, but if he falls this low, you need to take the risk on him because he he could be great. We we just don't know with him. Well, I'll tell you, watching the highlights, I don't care if he was playing against you and I. This dude is long. I mean, he looks like. Porzingis out there and he just he was crossover dribble 
Duncan, you know, just beautiful. And he's 18. He's the youngest player in the league in the draft. I'm sorry. And, I, you know, you're going to have to stash him for a year or two or, or, you know, have him come up that way. But, man, I, I would take this guy in a heartbeat because the upside on him is is through the roof. He may end up four years down the road the best player in this draft. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Celtics just it makes sense for him uh, because he'll be a guy that they don't they don't need a, a center like him right now. But if he comes back three years later and is a star, like that's a great pickup for them. Makes yeah, and the, and the Celtics picking 14th, if they do take Precious up there to play the 4-5 the role a little bit, you know, then they let this guy uh, develop and come up later. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm tempted to want the Mavs to take him, but I don't really want to wait a year or two either. So we'll see. Yeah. All right, Nick's second pick, number 27. This hasn't taken Jaden McDaniels uh, out of Washington, 6'10". Uh, and a very svelte 180. Um, interesting. Here's another guy that can play, you know, play facing the basket. It's amazing to me. It used to be such an, a, you know, differentiator for these 6'10", 6'11 guys to go out there, shoot the three and dribble and, and do stuff. But it's sort of common anymore. And this guy sort of falls into that case. I think if he gets picked here, uh, you know, he's going to be a developmental league guy uh, and, you know, maybe could pay off down the road. I'm not super high on him, though. I, I completely agree. I think people see see him and they see his length and his body and the fact that he's a six foot ten small forward and they think, OK, he's got Jonathan Isaac defensive potential, but he doesn't show the offensive skill and he doesn't show that that defensive skill even. And I'm not super high on him either. I think that he'll be a developmental guy. He probably won't contribute anything this first year. I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. And then this uh, number 28 pick to the Thunder, they have him, uh, they have them taking Josh Green, shooting guard from Arizona. Uh, I like Josh Green. He's a two way player. He's going to be a guy that can hit the three and play a little bit of defense. Uh, I mean, he's not going to hurt anyone. He's similar to Devin Vassell earlier in the draft, but he's not going to be as good coming in. He'll have to develop a little more, but he can be yeah. a glue guy and he's, he makes sense at a 28 pick. Yeah, I mean, Coach was talking a lot of good stuff about him on, you know, on that show the other day when he was talking about the three Arizona guys expected to go in the first round. Uh, you know, they say that his comp, and I agree, is a Josh Richardson kind of guy. So, you know, he's going to def- be a definite two-way player. Uh, you know, nice pick for late, late first round, early second round. A guy that, you know, this was a similar type of scenario that people said about Malcolm Brogdon a couple of years back. And he went in the early second round and ended up rookie of the year. I mean, this kind of guy reminds me of him a little bit, uh, but not, you know, not a point guard in that sense, but Brogdon was, was more of a shooting guard when he came in as well. So we will see how that goes. All right. Number 29, Paul Reed power forward out of DePaul six, nine wing. Um, just an intriguing guy. People don't know much about him. Uh, he definitely could shoot it. Another guy that can face up 6'9 from outside. Uh, you know, probably not a bad gamble at this part of the draft. And I could see the the Raptors, uh, you know, being able to develop this guy over time. Yeah, I mean, it's another guy that it's, it feels like I've said this a million times, but uh, his 
you know, market is that the fact that he's a, a defensive guy with an athletic body that can come out and guard at the rim and possibly switch outside. And uh, there's not much more to him. I don't think he'll have a good offensive first season at all. That's something he'll have to develop. And we just, we won't know if he can do that. But he's a guy that, you know, will play defense at the very minimum. Yeah. I mean, you know, guys like Dort for the Thunder, you know, no one thought he would be a contributor. And look, you know, he, was part of that playoff run they made. So you never know. Yeah. All right. And then at number 30 here, we have uh, Cassius Stanley from the Celtics. And uh, I don't know if he'll go in the first round, but this guy is athletic. I mean, he's, it's a joke watching him dunk the ball. It's, it it looks scary. It doesn't look real, but, and the fact that he is six foot six and can play like a point guard and he can hit the three, it makes sense for him to go in the first round. Uh, he's just not very polished, and he'll probably need to play off the ball before he can be a point guard in this league. I'll tell you what, man. I He broke the record at Duke. Coach K was talking about it on this show. 50-inch vertical, 5-0, beat Zion. And yeah. is, I mean, and if you look at the, the still photo, it, it, it makes me think of when Michael Jordan dunked from the foul line and you see like this huge void. I mean, if you haven't seen this kid, Cassius uh, from Duke, I mean, it's amazing that how he can jump and his athleticism. We all know that athleticism doesn't get you into the NBA, but at this size with his athletic ability, I would I would take a gamble on him in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at very minimum, we'll see him in the dunk contest a few times, so that will be exciting. Yeah, No question. All right, let's each uh, give uh, two or three names from the second round as we wrap it up. Um, I'll steal your thunder. I know a few guys you like, so I won't take all your guys, Uh, but I'm going to give you a few guys in this second round that I think uh, should move up. Teo Maladon from France, the 6'5 kid. I know we both really like him. Uh, he reminds me a lot of like a Shea Gilgis Alexander. I think he'd be a great, great pick for somebody in the first round for a team that needs help pretty immediately. I think he's ready to go. Uh, you know, I'd love to see him on a team like the Hornets uh, where they, you know, they can plug him right in. But I think he's I think he's going to slide up into that first round. Um, I'll I'll take one more guy, and I don't want to steal all your guys, but um, Tyler Bay, man, from Colorado, the six seven kid, he's just such a big, incredibly athletic dude that can rebound and defend. Glue guy that can fit in for somebody, you know. I don't. He's never going to be a, a big offensive scorer. But, you know, you need guys like this, the Andre Roberson type guys that can be a stopper off the bench and control the game uh, in that way. So, all right, I'll let you take a couple guys. Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of guys in this mock draft going late. You know, guys like Peyton Pritchard, for example, is a guy that's could go in the first round. They have him here at number 50, but I think he's a, a great you know, a pick and roll ball handler like TJ McConnell. And uh, another guy would be Jamias Ramsey, another guard. He's a he's similar to um, Tyrese Maxey, uh, pretty much the same type of player. Texas Tech kid, yeah. yeah. And then we got um, another guy I would expect to go in the first round would be Trey Jones. 
uh, from Duke. See, I mean, he's just the ultimate solid point guard, and he'll he's not going to be a starting point guard, probably not, but he's just very, very solid and, you know, a real leader in the locker room. I'm a, I'm a giant Trey Jones fan. I just hope I hope he can make it. I think he could be in the league for quite a while as, as a, a backup point and a spot starter. I mean, he's, he's a fantastic kid. I, whoever gets him, if he does slide to the second, it's going to be, you know, just highway robbery because uh, that kid is terrific. Um, yeah. One more guy I wanted to mention was uh, Leandro Bulmaro. He's uh, going to go in the first round. Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, he's been sliding up the draft boards. They have him at 39 here, but I would, I think around the 20s, late 20s, maybe for sure he'll go. Um, won't spend too much more time, but yeah, he's like a mini Manu Ginobili is what they're saying. And he's from Argentina. So they said he's got that same fire in the same game and he sees the floor. I think he'd be a terrific pick for somebody. I, right. the, the Spurs should take him just to replace, uh, the Argentine factor with uh, with Manu. All Absolutely. right, all right, man. We've we've covered it. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be back at the end of the week uh, to to let everybody know how this all pans out, uh, and you know with the trades, the free agency talk, and then obviously the draft results. Uh, I we both expect a lot of deals, a lot of movement in this uh, draft. There's three or four teams wanting to trade up really bad and there's uh two or three of the top uh five that are willing to trade down which doesn't usually happen so you know this could be a very interesting draft i think you know there are some players that are impactful uh that that can definitely make a difference and you know some of these guys haven't played in a year and a half because they played you know way before uh, you know, COVID and then all there was just you know, there's a lot of time that these guys have missed for guys that were injured. So there's going to be some gamble picks here, uh, not just the overseas guys, but even our local college guys here that just haven't gotten on the floor that much. So should be very exciting. We're ecstatic here at DFS Coach Talk. We'd love to have you join the family. Come check us out at DFSCoachTalk.com. And uh, we are uh Charity of choice here is uh, mombon3.org. That's M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. A fantastic charity uh, set uh, set up by the uh, Kobe Bryant family. So, all right, that is it. Any final words there, son? I mean, not really. We know it's going to be, you know, not the best draft, but there's always going to be surprises. So just make sure you study these guys and uh, – don't be shocked if we see some second rounders turn out to be better players in this draft. Absolutely. And and we'll go over it on Friday and talk about, you know, it's going to impact DFS, rotations, uh, et cetera, because that's going to be the key going in. You know, uh, we've got a lot of strategies here. We're already feeling the results of this short time span. You may have a little bit of rest time for the LeBrons and all these guys at the beginning of the season. So we're going to factor all that in, uh, you know, to our DFS evaluations as we always do. And we're going to hand build some winning lineups. Uh, We dominated in the preseason last year. It's going to be a shorter preseason this year, but uh, you know, we feel we have a good edge there. So we'll be, 
We'll be cracking some DFS lineups here in three weeks, believe it or not, for NBA. So it's going to be fun. I appreciate you jumping in here with me and uh, look forward to be back on Friday to discuss how some of this panned out. So we appreciate it. It's NBA time, people, and uh, let's get after it. So uh, have a great day. We appreciate you, and we'll uh, look to be with you again later this week when we're going to crush it in DFS.